0: now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the Lennon and McCartney of Bigfoot, the other arguably Harrison and Starr, Cliff and Bobo. Bobo, are you there? Yeah, what's up, Cliff? Hey, Bubs. How you doing today?
1: All right, all right. Just uh, excited to get on the show tonight and see who you got
0: lined up. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a minute, man. I think that we've got a really good one. And this is a recent sighting. It's one that I've personally investigated. But, you know, I haven't talked to you in a couple days. Have you been up to anything unusual this past weekend?
1: just was up at Road National Park. Oh, really? They're putting in a new trail that's not open to the public yet. Oh. And it's behind locked gates. And I just found it by accident. So it's been raining so much. I was up there looking for prints today, but I didn't uh, find anything. But I didn't walk that far in it because it was a... It was a ways to get up there, and then once I got on the trail, it was super, mud, really muddy, like just blown out. So I was figuring to get it a couple of days and then go back up there.
0: That's fantastic because, you know, like what like maybe half, I would say, of these long-term, you know, long-term witnesses or habituators or whatever we want to call them, a lot of times they build their house in a place there's never been a house, and the Bigfoot that was living in that area starts showing up. It might be the same thing with trails like that.
1: And it's literally... Less than a mile from where I know a guy that built a house and had that happen.
0: No kidding. Yeah, so I mean, I think you find yourself a new hiking trail because if the Bigfoot is included in that, you know, people are going to be walking this. Then perhaps they'll be walking it. You know, you might. That's an excellent opportunity to find some uh, some fresh prints and get some exercise at the same time. Like you can
1: tell where they cut it. They just cut it in uh, this last month. You can see where they came out on quads. And then no one's walked on any of that since. And it was the quad prints for a couple of weeks old. So far, I like the looks of it. Cool.
0: Well, you know, everywhere up there is good. It's just a matter of hitting it at the right time. Right time, right place. All right. Well, anyway, let, let's hop on. Let's hop in with this witness, man. I think you're going to really dig this guy. He ran across a Sasquatch while on a hike with his brother, but this past August and at the end of September, I get a sighting report from him, you know? And so I reach out to him. It's like, Oh, this is close by. It's up by Welch's and a uh, zigzag and all that stuff, which is on Mount hood. And you know, I live in the foothills of Mount hood. So it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. Um, and I gave him a call. His name's Oscar. Or at least that's what we're going to call him. He doesn't really want his uh, identity known. So Oscar is the name we're going to use for him. Yeah. I went out there and hiked to the spot exactly where he saw the creature And so that's all I'm really going to tell you about it at this point. And with that, we'll just pull Oscar up and enjoy a conversation with a really cool Bigfoot witness. All right. Oscar. Yeah. You're from South Africa. Yeah, correct. Now, did you hear about a Sasquatch or Bigfoot when you were still living over in South Africa? Uh,
2: yes. Um, I've kind of always been interested in cryptids and, um, Supernatural stuff ever since I was a kid. So I, I've always known about Bigfoot. I mean, but not not as much as I know now, obviously. But I've always mm-hmm. known there was something called a Bigfoot. And I mean, we had documentaries and stuff on TV. And I remember my dad had this um, book that had um, myths and legends or something like that. It was called when I was a kid. And there was actually an article about the Patterson-Gimlin film in there and about Patty. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. That wasn't there. So I've always known about it.
0: Well, it's, you, you got a, a hell of a crash course this past August. Didn't you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're telling me. God. It's like <laughs> from something you like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I wonder what it would be like to, oh, shit. Okay. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's what it is, right right there. Well, you know what? Since we brought it up, we might as well jump into that a little bit. Um, why don't you kind of walk us through that day? I, I mean, I, I know the story. I've already been out to the location with you and whatnot, but Bobo hasn't really heard it yet. I didn't tell him what went on. So oh, okay. um, I'll pass it on to you, man. You just fill Bobo in, and I'll jump in as needed. So me and my
2: brother last august i think it was on the 16th of august i think yeah i think so anyway um we just went for a hike out at um canyon castle trailhead
0: uh castle canyon trailhead up by uh, zigzag and welches yeah
2: yeah that's the one thank you (laughs) and um we were probably about 40 minutes walk up the hill and just hiking chatting along and stuff and We kind of got to a part of the trail that's a little bit more open and as we were standing there i looked up and on the side of the hill there's these rocky kind of outcrops right where the trail is and at first i thought i saw a deer because that that reddish brown deer color like the deer especially fallow deer they kind of have that reddish brown and i pointed at it and i was just gesturing to my brother and as I'm doing that, this dude stands up, and I'm like, "That's not a deer. It, it's big." I think, like I said to Cliff in my email or something, it's like he stands up and it doesn't even miss a beat. It's like it's like it's on rails. He just stood up and went straight down this hill. And I mean, Cliff was there. There's no way anything is gonna walk down that hill like that did. I'm standing there. My mouth is open. I'm shocked. I'm scared. I've got goosebumps. I can't breathe. My heart is going crazy and I'm just pointing and my brother's like, dude, I hear something walking. And I'm like, dude, you, you have no idea what I just saw. I think my brother kind of conjured up some strength and ran up the side of the where the rocks was just to go have a look, see if he can see anything. And I'm just standing there and I don't know if I should see if I can see it again, or i told him what I saw. I kind of said to myself, look, I need to just move on a little bit to see what I saw again or whatever else. We could hear movement down the bottom of the hill, and it sounded like a massive branch break, like just a snap. It wasn't like a, like a crack, crack, crack. It was like a crack snap. And my brother's like freaking out. He's like, I want to go. I don't want to be here anymore. Don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like, dude, just wait. And he's like, no, no, I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. And then I kind of realized what was going on as well, because obviously he was standing down the bottom. So that's when we just pulled the pin, turned around and started walking out. And it's probably, I I don't know if I said this to Cliff, but we could hear something paralleling us all the way out from where we were walking. Like you it just had that sense. Something is right there. And it might be because at that point I was pretty freaked out. So it could be paranoia, but it, it literally sounded like there was a second one to our left following us, like just a, a short distance away, kind of following us all the way to a certain point And then all of a sudden just felt better. Like it's, it's almost like you walk through a wall where it's like, Oh, okay. It's fine now. We're just about out, not freaked out anymore. It's not following us anymore. Which reminds me it it's when when I first saw him, i it, it's like the the fear in you builds up, even though you know it's okay. It's like you have this this real stress factor happening. It, it, it's it's just a weird sensation. I think it's partly just because of what I just saw.
1: How long the setting last?
2: In reality, probably. Five seconds, I'd say. It was enough time, I don't know, it it was enough time for me to see him stand up, kind of turn a little to his right, and then just head straight down the hill.
1: Did you see its face at all?
2: No, no, I'm kind of glad I didn't, to be honest with you. I saw half his face, like I saw his eye socket going into his cheekbone, and like his chin, so side profile, but without seeing his nose. How, how hairy was the face? Uh, from what I could see, hair by the ear and stuff, going from the ear to the front of his, like, forehead and stuff, not very hairy at all, and then kind of, like, going to hair again on his head.
1: Was there any differentiation in hair length or color on different parts of the body?
2: Yeah, his forearms, down by the bottom of his forearms, back of his elbows, a lot longer hair. Um, Upper back, not very long at all. Maybe the back of his neck had longer hair from what I can remember. Um, Sides, and his, like, sides and stuff was a little bit longer, but the longest hair was kind of, like, on the back of his elbow, to his little bit of his forearm and then going to shorter hair towards his shoulder. Cause I know he had short hair on his shoulder cause I could see, I could see the top of his shoulder and as he was turning and moving his arm, I could see the deltoids. Like, you know, that banana look, I, I could see that. So I know that he had short hair, okay. hair up there.
1: And it was all the same color.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Could you guess size on it? When we went back there with Cliff,
0: it was like eight and a half feet or something like that. The neat thing about that is one of the things Oscar noted to me at the time is that when it stood up and took a step forward, it I believe like the top of the head matched a branch that was coming down. It was, am I, am yeah. I recollecting? Yeah. And we measured that branch from that location, and that, that put it between eight and nine feet right in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember very clearly seeing the branch going past his face when he was turning and walking back down. So... That was a really easy reference point.
0: Yeah. And you know what's, what's fascinating too about this, to me at least, is that, uh, you know, like if people reach out to me, I don't, I'm certainly not having people I don't know over to my home, for example, you know, it's yeah. just a bad, bad idea, et cetera, and, you know, freak my wife out, et cetera. But um, so what I did is I, I met Oscar and his brother um, in the local coffee shop in Sandy, Oregon you know, cause it's on the way up the road. i live live out, outside of Sandy. So it just made sense. We met at the mountain mocha coffee shop and we, I interviewed them there for, I don't know, 45 minutes or hour. Maybe. I don't really know. I don't remember. And while we were there, I said, Hey, can you draw what you saw? And Oscar is, Oh yeah, sure. And sure enough, man, that guy can draw like Oscar's a really <laughs> good artist. Oh, and thanks. he drew, uh, what he saw before we went there, it hadn't been there since the day of the sighting, I'm assuming. No. Um, no, no. Yeah. And so we went there together that day, but he had not been there for weeks beforehand. And the drawing is fantastic. It captures a lot of details, just, just proving that he has like a photographic memory, essentially. And in fact, right now, Bobo, um, and we can put this on our members section for the podcast. Um, I have an email open here. I'm going to go ahead and send you three files right now that we can put in the members section for people to, people to enjoy. Um, Oscar's two sketches and then a photograph that I took at the location looking at where the Sasquatch was. And Boba, when you get these, um, check them out. Check out the shape of the rocks. Check out the slope of the, the that we're looking at here. And um, when you look at the picture of the Bigfoot from further away, the one that Oscar drew, note that the trees that he drew are there, including the smaller tree that was partially obstructing his view of the creature. To be fair, like, I, I do have a little bit of a photographic
2: memory. Like, it, it kind of freaks my wife out
0: every now and again.
2: But to be fair, if you see something like that, it, it, that, that saying it's burnt
0: into your memory, it really does do that. Yeah, you you got an excellent view of this thing. Because, like, what time in the afternoon was this? It was, it was oh, no, broad daylight. Yeah, this was early morning. This was at quarter past 11 in the morning yeah so you couldn't ask for a better lighting condition you were you know what 30 to 50 feet away or something like that you had one of the best uh, profile views of a sasquatch of any of the witnesses that i've spoken to oh yeah lucky but the same time I've, i still haven't been back up there
2: i'm so hesitant to do it my dad's coming to visit um, end of april my dad and my mom and he wants me to take him back up there to go show him where I saw it and stuff. Cause he's quite into all this stuff as well. He's quite fascinated with this stuff, but at the same time, I'm, I want to go back up there because my curiosity is really driving me to do it. But it's also that fear of dude, what if you see it again? I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to do it. It's, it's such a weird feeling.
0: Just bring a camera. Yeah, it'll never happen again just have a camera on you <laughs> yeah if I have a camera on me it won't happen again <laughs> yeah oh we might as well get over that too because somebody out there is going to say "Ah, oh, how come we didn't take a picture everybody's got a phone in their pocket nowadays yeah that's not going to
2: happen I-, I can tell you straight up I don't care who you are if you see it you're not going to think oh dude I need to take my phone out and take a picture of it there's mm-hmm. just no way there's- I don't care who you are all the naysayers, they can go suck it because there's no way you are going to do that. <laughs> uh,
0: there, There's a um, Bigfoot and beyond bumper sticker for you. Naysayers, you can go suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like it. Sketches are so critical and pictures of the site because seeing the photo and looking at the sketches, it's just like we have in finding Bigfoot. You know, we listen to someone at the town hall meeting and get out to the site, and it was never what we imagined. And now that I saw the sketch and the photo, I, I can envision what you were talking about. I can see it now.
2: Yeah, it makes a difference. You can't really tell in the photo how steep that hill is. It's steep. It's crazy. And he went down that like, like it was level ground. Honestly, he did not miss a beat. It just sounded like he walked down leisurely.
0: I would really like to emphasize how steep that is because I, of course, I mean, I went over and stood where the Sasquatch was sitting or whatever it was doing and looking straight down that it's hard. It's even hard to tell from the photograph there. I have pictures looking downhill from where the thing it was, was initially uh, sitting and then standing up and then walking down and you still can't grasp how steep this is. It is more than a 45 degree angle. That that slope is more than 45 degrees. It's, it's quite steep. It's at least 50.
2: One thing that kind of stood out for me is there's a there's a clear pathway down there, like down the side of the hill between the trees and stuff mm-hmm. where he could have gone down. Like, it's kind of cool if you stand there, because when you see him move down, you're like, weird. How, how, how did he do that? But if you stand where he was, there's a very clear path. I think we spoke about it on the day as well. I can't remember where where you can see where he would have walked down. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool to me, I think
0: there was a path that you can see where the thing probably took that same path because it's the path of least resistance. Um, yeah. and of course for a Sasquatch, I imagine least resistance means something entirely different than what I think, but um, <laughs> yeah. there's an easier way to get down than otherwise. And once you're down there, you could just stand out in the open and probably not even be seen There's such a thick covering of plants and whatnot. As long as you knew where to stand, you would uh, just be invisible. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So, Oscar, was this thing in motion when you first saw it? Was it facing you? Was it profile view? or Was it back to you? Like, what, what exactly
2: was it? So when I initially first saw it, it kind of was doing, just starting to go into that rocking motion where it stood up. And what I saw initially as, as I was looking up, I, I saw the movement, and then that's what caught my eye to look towards it. And then that's when I saw it probably... A little bit more side profile at that point and then he kind of just rocked forward stood straight up and then in one fluid motion started walking down the hill he probably noticed us before we well and truly even knew he was there so i think that's what kind of got him moving and then when i looked up i just saw this mass this reddish brown mass rock forward, stand up, and then just continue down the hill. How long did you hear it walk for? Oh, we were standing there. Like My brother was like, I can hear something walking. I can hear something walking. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what I just saw. So probably maybe another 15, 20 seconds, we could hear him like like thump, 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 crash, thump, thump, crash, thump, all the way down the hill.
0: Yeah, he probably looked up and said, hey, you suck it. (laughs) Uh, this whole area is quite active red hot basically year after year so i'm confident that oscar saw one of the i don't know three bigfoots that live in the same live in this area and have been frequenting it for a number of years now um and based on the size we'd have to guess of course that it's a male you know we didn't see anybody's junk or anything like that but i think it's pretty safe to say an eight and a half footer was probably a male so anyway I was fascinated by this report, and even though it had happened a month before I actually made contact with Oscar, I definitely wanted to go see this spot because these are my Bigfoots. Essentially, uh, I don't live very far from this area, so um, these are the same Bigfoots that could be coming by my property or any of my neighbors' property. It could be the same Bigfoots that uh, frequent Devil's Ridge um, across the Sandy River and up a bit from uh, from an area that has a lot of sightings. This one really drove it home for me that these are the Bigfoots in my neighborhood. You know, it's like a Sesame Street song or something. Like, who are <laughs> who are the Bigfoots in your neighborhood? These ones are. You know, Cliff, that's really
1: close, within less than a mile, where I did uh, that one report in Oregon for finding Bigfoot, with the woman and the daughter that saw it run in front of the car.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Highway 26. There you go. It's all in the same area. Right.
2: So you're a squatcher
1: now?
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, in the safety of my house, yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> Armchair <laughs> squatching. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. exactly right. I'll get you out to the woods, Oscar. I'll take you out there. And I uh, I just haven't been out too much this winter. I've been focused on the museum. But when it warms up a little bit, we can run out for a couple hours at night or something. I'll be sure to take you out.
2: Oh, that would be excellent. <laughs> I'm telling you straight up, I'll be shitting myself. But, yeah,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% for it. Well, bring a diaper then. Take one of baby's diapers with There you go. I'm sure you have plenty liner in the house. (laughs) You you can buy one
1: of my adult size. Depends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys mind if I ask you a question?
0: No, No, go ahead, man.
2: That episode, did you guys see something up on the hill or was that kind of like a stage thing? Because from what I saw on on the thermal and stuff, it looked fairly legit.
0: There was something on the hill. Um, What ended up on camera was moneymaker you know the, basically we were it was two and, and by the way i think this is the only sasquatch i've ever seen i'm inclined to think that what was on the hill was a bigfoot now other people disagree with me maybe they're right maybe i'm right i don't know we never will but the what i recollect was that um that was actually the first episode we filmed outside of the pilot it was the first night investigation of the entire series And, um, we had a bunch of the production company owners and producers there, and they did not like us and we didn't like them because we felt that they were trying to cajole us into lying and, and they didn't like us because we weren't playing ball. Like they just figured out oh, these guys want to be on TV and whatever, but they didn't realize we're actually bigfooters, and we were kind of refused to cooperate and play the game. So they were pissed at us. We were pissed at them. So uh, we're on break at like two in the morning at this location where there have been numerous encounters through the years. Uh, people had seen them. People had rocks thrown at them numerous times in the same quiet little river Valley. Right we're on break the, the producers are probably asked like asking each other what the hell are we going to do with these people that are impossible
1: we, we were the, it, it dropped down like 20 degrees and our barrel connectors got ice crystals in them and then we weren't and the video feed wasn't going from the therm to the recorder
0: well the recorders so, were off anyway at that point they're changing tapes and stuff so
1: yeah yeah but i remember because um when matt did chase after it He was all done. All the batteries were changed out. Everything. All I needed to do is let the barrel connectors get connected. And I was holding on to his backpack and he just leaned all the way forward and just started running. I couldn't hold him and he just tore off.
0: So, so like we're on break and then moneymakers goes like, who's on the hill. Right. And we're just kind of ignoring him because we're all in a bad mood. It's like two in the morning. Remember? And, um, uh, Like, well, what's who's on the hill? Ray, is that you on? No, Matt, I'm not on the hill. Cliff, is that you on the hill? No, I'm over here, Matt. Who's on the hill? You know, and then he goes, Identify yourself. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, And then he goes, Well, and none of us are looking at this point. And he goes, Well, whoever it is that understood what I was saying in English or whatever he said, something like that, because apparently this thing had started walking from left to right. Then what Matt was seeing was either a person. Or a Bigfoot, a person-shaped thing on the other side of the hill, like a small ravine and a slope up, I'm guessing about 70, 80 yards away. Not that far. So he could clearly see it was a person or something like that. And then this thing starts walking to Matt's right. Um, And then when Matt yelled, identify yourself at this thing, it stopped and froze, standing on one leg. Just stopped there, like for a few moments, a few seconds. I don't know. I, I wasn't watching it. I can't tell you how long. But, my impression was of maybe two or three seconds or five seconds. It so just stood there on one leg in mid-stride. It didn't and move until Matt ran and yelled. I turned and I looked because I had a thermal imager. And uh, I and what I saw was a human-shaped thing walking from left to right. In a very strange gait, it, it like the arms reminded me. I always say the same thing because that's the only, that's the best example of it. The arms reminded me of you know how people walk through the shallow end of a pool and kind of use their arms to scoop in front of them to kind of swim themselves along.
2: Yeah, exactly. It,
0: it, it, yeah, it, it kind of walked like that, and then the legs from the waist down, the the legs went in a circle. Like almost like it was riding a bike. So it didn't walk like a Bigfoot, like from the Patterson Gimlin film. It walked in a very just different way that I'd never seen before nor since. And I, that's when I realized, holy shit, pardon me, but like what else are you going to say when you might be looking at a Bigfoot? Like, holy Kay. shit, that might be a Bigfoot or it's a person. And what the hell is a person doing out here? And then Matt takes off after it and he's going after it with a thermal imager and a night vision and it, outpaces Matt and he never sees it again. I try to go around the foot of the, the hill and try to flank it. I never see it again. So, I mean, maybe it was a big, I, I, well, we I heard I, one. Yeah. We heard one like 45 minutes later after everybody was done scolding moneymaker and we we're filming and whatever. And then something on that same Hill went, they're very quiet, like briefly, but there was a definite loud growl grunt noise. I heard it. Bobo heard it um and now of course matt says it's not a bigfoot cuz i watched the thing i know what i know a bigfoot when i see it i that's not a bigfoot the next episode we filmed was georgia and uh, the, a woman I, her name escapes me a woman saw one in the road on thanksgiving day uh, you know and she screeched to a halt and the thing's right in front of the car and it stopped on one leg, just like this other thing did two weeks before or a week before. It stopped oh, cool. and stood there on one leg and turned and then jumped into the ditch and stuff. And I was on that investigation with Matt. And Matt turns to me when she's describing this. And Matt goes, Oh my gosh, Cliff, maybe that was a Bigfoot. So I don't know. So to answer your question, Oscar, that's the only Bigfoot I ever saw. Although I have to and to be totally honest, there are people out there who disagree with me. But if that wasn't a Bigfoot, um The person thing just doesn't rise to the level where I can say that's probably a person because, again, it was one color head to toe. It walked in a way that I'd never seen anything walk. It also navigated a wooded hillside at 2 o'clock in the morning without a light. It outpaced Moneymaker, never even saw it again, even though Matt had thermal imaging and night vision, and we got vocalizations off that same hill not 45 minutes after we saw it. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm inclined to say that I saw a Sasquatch. I mean, I feel pretty confident about it. But, you know, I also have to admit that maybe I'm wrong. But um, it seems to me that all the the, the the context of the situation, I think, strongly points to a Bigfoot. I've often said that whether that thing was a Bigfoot or a drunk hillbilly, I wish Matt would have caught it. Because that would have been a hell of a show. <laughs> yeah. And um, one other one.
2: Um, there's a video of a Bigfoot walking between two trees on thermal image.
0: Yeah, yeah, the the Stacey Brown footage from Florida.
2: I I think that might be it. I think Boba recreated that one, and this thing was like,
0: I don't know, two foot over what Boba was.
2: Yeah. What yeah, do you guys
0: a, think of that? It's real. Yeah, I think it's a Sasquatch. Um not only from the investigation that we did on site with finding Bigfoot. But uh, have have you ever read the article I wrote on that? Um, Mm -hmm. There's an article on my website, cliffberkman.com. You go to the research area and um, I, I took measurements. Stacy took measurements there. I took measurements when I was visiting for finding Bigfoot. Uh, measurements of the distance, the diameters, uh, of ver- actually the circumferences of various trees. So I could determine the diameters, um, the heights of various things. And I put all that information, all that raw data out on my website. And then I ran some very simple calculations. And, um, that thing is probably in the range of seven and a half to eight and a half feet tall. It's very large. That one step it took is like five feet or more if I, if my memory serves me. And again, it's all I have a crappy memory, which is why I write things down. So go check out the website and read about it. And if you think I'm wrong, if anybody listening thinks I'm wrong, feel free to run the numbers and show me because that challenge has been out there since I wrote that article years ago. And to date, no one has challenged my um, analysis of it. Um, At least not with the numbers I produce people out there saying, Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about or, Oh no, that's a person or no, he faked that thermal footage with somehow a lot of, a lot of naysayers out there are telling me I'm wrong, but no one's showing me I'm wrong. And I invite anybody to do that because that's what science is about. And if you don't want to do that, if you just want to say I'm wrong because of your gut feeling, well, then you can take Oscar's advice and go suck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think the, uh, we as the Bigfoot community need to lighten up about people being wrong. Just, just If you're wrong, it doesn't mean you're a faker necessarily. Uh, it just means that you're wrong and there's nothing wrong with being wrong. I'm one of those people, again, that I don't need to agree with you to either respect what you're doing or to like you as a person,
2: you know? Yeah, uh, if if only everybody had that sort of mentality, then I think the world would be a better place.
0: Cool, man. All right, Oscar. Well, um, I think that kind of wraps it up for as far as questions and stuff, unless there's anything, like in the, anything else you'd like to add. What I would like to add is if you're a naysayer, why don't you just go spend some
2: time out? Get out, get away from your computer, see the outdoors, breathe a bit of fresh air, and it might just change your opinion. Or your life. Or your life, exactly, yeah. Well, thank you guys very very much. I really appreciate this, and I appreciate the opportunity to get my my little bit of fifty cents worth out there as well. I think it's important. It's very nice to meet you, Bobo. Yeah,
1: you too. Nice to you, Oscar. Thank you so much for your time and story.
2: No problem. Anytime. Very happy to help you guys out.
1: We'll go out and have another encounter, so we can have you back on.
0: I would love to. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Oscar. And, um, I will talk to you soon. It sounds like,
1: all right, Oscar, just one more thing. Welcome to the Bigfoot witness club.
0: No, thank you very much. It's absolutely excellent
2: to be here and thank you guys for the night. And I hope you guys have a really good
0: night. Thank you. You too. So Bobo, how was that for a witness, man? He was pretty good. Really articulate a good artist, recollected a lot of details,
1: Oh, yeah. And what did it for me was this sketch with the photo.
0: Yeah. And and keep in mind, he drew that sketch probably 45 minutes or more before we got on site. No, actually more than an hour before we got on that site because we were down in Sandy at the coffee shop. And then we had to drive all the way up the hill. We had to park. We had to walk up the hill about a half or three quarters of a mile to the location. Um, So he drew that from memory, even though he hadn't been there in a month. And just the details that come out in that photograph or the the drawing compared to the photograph is astonishing.
1: And you guys kept saying, you can't tell how steep it is in the photo. I was like, oh, yeah, I can. That looks real steep.
0: And it's like that for 150 feet down to the bottom of the canyon. I knew you'd, I knew you'd love to have this guy on as a guest, not only because his sighting was excellent at close range, but he also has that international perspective. And frankly, he's just a cool guy.
1: Yeah, he was really cool. All right, Bobo. All right, well, thanks again, Cliff, and thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to do Bobo's Fab Five Fabulous follow-ups, so I'll pick the five best questions in the comment sections, and we'll give Oscar a call back, and we'll play that for you. We'll get the answers for you. So until then, keep it
0: squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond that's an N in the middle and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond look great man. you hit on me cliff? No, no, I'm not hitting on you now. I've gotten married now. Um those days are over. But uh I will say that like at the New York episode, season two, whatever that was, you weren't fat fat yet, but you were still pretty big and you just look so much better now. You know, just like thinner and trimmer and stuff. I was blossoming so, then. You were blossoming. Yeah, you're you're ready for harvest. So not quite though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I was still surfing then. And I was like God, I must look so much like a seal. I must be so attentive to any great white swimming by right now.
0: Yeah, well, you looked like a seal, but later on, you looked like a walrus, and now you just look yeah. like an otter. You look like an otter now.
1: Yeah, my dad fireballs something goes. Jesus, buddy, you look like you should be floating on a slab of sea ice up in the Arctic or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, all big and red, capillaries expanding in the surface of your skin. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but you look great, man. You look great.